All right, today is part six of the servant, part six of the servant, and um, as I said before, the church or those who are called will only become a witness for Christ by being one. This will glorify the Father through the Son, proving that the Father truly sent the Son. We can only be one when we become true servants. However, we cannot become what we do not know. <laughs> uh, with that said, <clears throat> today let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 to 4. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 to 4. And this is the is Peter writing to the elders of the church. And in chapter 5, verse 1, he states, The elders who are among you I exhort. I am all, I am, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you but being examples to the flock. And when the chief when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Now Peter was speaking to the elders in the church. He also referred to himself as a fellow elder, not superior to them. He said, I'm a fellow elder, just like you all. Even though Peter was one of the original disciples who started with Jesus, he identified with them as elders, not superior to them. And an elder is defined as a person who provides supervision, protection, discipline, instruction, and direction for other believers. They are supposed to be older or more mature in the faith. This has nothing to do with age. It has to do with spiritual maturity. He encouraged them to shepherd the flock, the members. And this responsibility is not exclusive to one individual. They are to serve as overseers. Right? So, he said, in other words, serve in this capacity as overseers, you elders. Take the oversight of of the flock of God. Shepherd the flock of God. And shepherding refers to caring for the members, their supervision, protection, discipline, instruction, and direction. Say, elders, overseers, take the oversight over the flock of God. Shepherd them. Be responsible for their supervision, protection, discipline, instruction, and direction. And let's turn to John chapter 21, verse 15. I want to show you something very quickly here. Where Jesus was talking to Peter about this same thing, but Peter did not understand what it is Jesus was saying to him. (laughs) So in John chapter 21, you start at verse 15, and this is Jesus here speaking to his disciples, and, he, and his, the scripture reading goes like this. It says, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, 
Do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again, a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. And in verse 17, a third time, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. So, what was interesting about that? What was interesting about that is Jesus said to Peter, If you love me, he said, Feed my lambs, feed my sheep, and tend my sheep. He said, You are... I'm asking you, I'm calling you to take oversight, to be an elder, to shepherd my sheep. Now, Peter didn't understand it then. Jesus was telling him to care for them, supervise, protect, discipline, instruct, and direct them. And all implies feeding and tending of the sheep, the flock. Now, if you go back to 1 Peter chapter 5, And verse 2, Peter now is said, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers. Now Peter is now walking in the understanding of what Jesus said to him back then in John. Encouraging others who are more mature in the faith to do the same thing that Jesus encouraged him to do. Shepherd the flock. Feed, tend the lambs and the sheep, oversee their well-being and help mature them. Elders or overseers are not to do this by force, as it's said here in verse 2. Not by compulsion, but willingly. Not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. When they talk about entrusted to you, or when they talk about entrusted means something of value of, or property or, or something of value of someone has been given to you for your, to care on their behalf. <clears throat> it has been entrusted to you. So the hope is <coughs> that you would care for just as well as the owner would care for it. It has been entrusted to you to look over. To, to, to keep, to provide, to protect, to care for, just as the owner will do it. It has been entrusted. So he said here, elders are not to do this by force or obligation, but willingly. This is not supposed to be a job. They are conscious that they are caring for God's flock. They consciously are aware and do it based on that understanding that they have been entrusted with the flock of God. And it's not their flock, it's the flock of God. They have been entrusted with the care of the people of God. So they are to shepherd out of eagerness, not out, not because of, of some, of a need, but because of their love for Christ. And they want God's will to be done on earth. They want to please God. 
They do not oversee for money, power, glory, or to benefit themselves. They do not serve to be lords over the members of the body, to rule them. You know, this is my organization, this is my church, this is my ministry. You do what I want or you take the high road, you leave. That's not what it's about. They don't do this for power or glory or even to for their own benefit to pay their bills or to pay their rent. They do it because they want to please God and do his will. That his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. They understand uh, that they have been entrusted with God's flock and that they are accountable. They are accountable. So the motivation for for being an uh, elder or an or overseer of flock on, of God has to be done with a pure heart, with pure motives, to please God and do His will. Now turn with me to Acts twenty, chapter twenty, and I want to give an example of what it is that uh, uh, Peter is, is talking about here, and we're going to look at Paul in Acts chapter twenty. And in Acts chapter 20, verse 20, let's start at verse 28. Acts 20, verse 28. Paul is saying here, Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So Paul is, understands that his time is short on this earth. And he was encouraging the elders, as he said, overseers. Take heed to yourselves and the flock. The Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Has given you oversight over the flock of God to shepherd the church. He said, these were purchased with his own blood, stressing the importance placed on the sheep and their responsibility as elders to not take this lightly. He said, wolves will come in after I depart to devour the flock, to lord over and take advantage of them. And he said, others will arise among you and will rise up to deceive the, the, the disciples. They deceive the flock. He said, but see my example. And we go to verse 35. He said, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. How? Verse 34. You yourselves know that I have, uh, that 
with these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. Paul is saying, I had a job or I had jobs or I did work with my hands. I worked diligently to support, to provide for myself and for those who were in need. This is the example I've set. See by my examples during the time I spent with you. You see, I didn't covet anybody's money, anybody's gold, silver or apparel. I wasn't after people's property or money. I didn't depend on others for my needs. I worked with my hands, setting the example. This is the what the elders of the church must do. They had to. They, he provided for his own needs. He said, "I set the example, not only to supply my needs, but also to help others in need." Because he said, "It's more blessed to give." Than to receive. That's what Jesus said. So he said. I have shown you by example. I work with my hands. To care for my needs. And to be a blessing. So Paul did what he did. Because he understood. What it meant to serve. In the body of Christ. As an overseer. He led by example. He said. Wolves will come to devour the flock. To lord over them. Take advantage. Manipulate. For money. For prestige. For power. That's what they would do. And we, and we have seen it. And we do see it happening. And you know he said. Look take from my example. Imitate me. As I imitate Christ. Do what I do. And that's a good thing. Follow those who are following Christ. But we must always keep our eyes on Christ. And not man. Because man will always. Man will always disappoint us. But, but God will never disappoint us. So now let's go back to First Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five, and I think I'll pick it up at verse three, where where Peter is saying here, "Be examples to the flock of God." In verse three, be examples, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. So overseers are to set the examples to the body of what it means. To be a servant. Their attitude cannot be self-serving. But must serve willingly. And eagerly. Why? Because they love the Lord. And want his will to be done on earth. This was the same heart of Jesus. He came as a servant. To do the will. The father's will on earth. And that is what Paul. And that is what Peter. Is encouraging the elders to do. Serve as overseers, as oversight, willingly, willingly, not for self gratification, not for self promote yourself, not not for money or power or prestige, but because you have been entrusted with the flock of God and the Holy Spirit has put you, given you, the anointed you to do this task. You have been entrusted with the flock of God. As they were done, as it was done, then it's the same today. That has not changed. The Holy Spirit has called people to oversight in the body of Christ. And they have been entrusted with the flock of God. So, a servant understands that they are accountable. And that there is a reward for serving Christ. A crown of glory, it says, which they will receive when facing Christ when he returns. 
a crown of glory for doing the will of God, for serving Christ. And the gravity of this should make us humble ourselves. The gravity of it. And you know, it really bothers me where we some of the things we see, those who are supposed to be in leadership, those supposed to be overseers in the body, the things that they're doing, instead of of, of, of the, the walking in humility and, and being fearful of of, of 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 the power of God and the judgment of God, they're fleecing the the, the church, fleecing the members. Their conscience has been seared. They're in it for for their own glory, glorification, and power. You know, you know, we should be happy that God doesn't work the way He did back in the Old Testament. I mean, when sin was rampant, He dealt with it. Come, people, they were consumed with people were consumed by fire. People were consumed by sickness, pestilences, disease. So they're thinking this God today. He's patient, he's kind, he's loving, he's long-suffering. Thinking that, you know, that they can get away with things. But God is just and he will judge sin harshly. So the gravity of this all-consuming God, this should make us humble ourselves and change our ways and be true servants and oversee, have true oversight of the flock of God and care for them and nurture them. And tend for tend them, feeding and teaching. This is the responsibility of the elders and the servants and true servants of God that we need each other. We are responsible to encourage one another and help one another in the faith. When we understand the heart of a servant, we can truly be one and do the will of God on earth, glorifying Him and be a witness to the world that the Father sent. The Son. Now, if we turn to John chapter 17, I want to show you something that Jesus said when he was praying. And why it's important that we understand what it means to be a heart of a servant. It says here in John 17, chapter 20, Jesus was praying for the disciples, and then he said here, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they all may be one, as you, Father, I in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they might be made, or they may be made perfect in one, or mature in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. Now Jesus will not return, I don't believe he will return, until these scriptures are fulfilled. This prayer he prayed here, will be fulfilled before he returns. We will become one and prove that the Father sent Jesus. How will we be, be, how will we become one? When we understand what it means to be a servant. As I promised in the beginning, I said the church or those who are called will only become a witness for Christ by being one. 
This will glorify the Father through the Son, proving that the Father truly sent the Son, and we can only be one when we become true servants. And as I said, we can only be one when we understand what it means to be a true servant. So, in this prayer, Jesus said, we would, when we become one, we would prove that the Father sent Jesus. And how the Father loved the Son is the way that it, we would see how he loves the church. The Father, the love of the Father, the love the Father has for us would be tangible, just as it was with Jesus. The love of God, the love of the Father for the Son was revealed by all the things the Son did and said. Tangible proof that the Father sent him. And it will be no different with the church. The church, through the church, it says the manifold wisdom of God will be revealed. There will be tangible evidence that God is in the church and, and the church is one with God and that Jesus was sent by the Father and that we are one in Christ. There will be tam tangible evidence. Why? <laughs> because it says in other scripture, the sons of God will be revealed and the wisdom of God will be manifest by or through the church, the principalities and powers in heavenly places. This is, this is going to happen before the church is taken, called out, I mean taken away, before we are resurrected to meet Christ. This love that the Father has for the Son will also be revealed through the church, proving and showing that the that that fallen man was redeemed through Christ, and that Christ loved by the Father, and the same way that the Christ is loved by the Father, in the same way the church will be loved by the Father, and there will be tangible proof of this love by the fruit that will come forth to the body of Christ by the Spirit of God because of our oneness of mind, of heart, and purpose. So, I really hope, I'm going to conclude there, and I really hope that uh, this series has been a blessing, and that, it will, that you will meditate on the Word of God, about what it means to be a servant. Understand, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you, and embrace what He has revealed to you, and walk in it, so that we can be one. Know of our purpose in the body, walk in it, and encourage others to do the same, so that each one of us, as we do our part in the body, it benefits each and every one and the whole, the body as a whole, so that the world will know that the Father sent the Son, because the oneness will, the anointing of God will come forth as we are one, and then the glory of the Father will be revealed. So I just thank you again. Uh, I thank you for your time, and I hope this series has been a blessing. In Jesus' name. Amen.